0: gentlemen of the jury. The prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him.
1: The spirit of God is moving upon his people and he is raising up a generation that is prepared for power that will the test-
0: You are now listening to The Last Day's Return of the Historic Faith with your host, Pastor Jeremy Anderson and Brother Matthew Marcel. This podcast is for the kingdom, Christian, in the end times. As aliens in a foreign land and ambassadors of our king, we proudly fly the flag with the cross as we sing. Blessed be the name
1: of the Lord.
0: This book right here, uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's what kind of fired me back up to get back into this again. You've got to read that book right there. That was Rob Skiba's endorsement and recommendation of the Edward Hendry book, The Greatest Lie on Earth, Proof That Our World Is Not a Moving Globe. And I finished reading the book um, this afternoon, and I highly recommend it myself. What follows is the one interview I'm aware of where Hendry is speaking about this book, and I've eliminated the extraneous chat portion of the interview and kept just, just the uh, related material. So I've posted this before, but it's worth a repost. Uh, wonderful book. This book right here, uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. It's what kind of fired me back up to get back into this again. You've got to read that book right
1: there. Let me just tell you about his most recent book. It's entitled, now get this, The Greatest Lie on Earth. Wow. We're going to learn about The Greatest Lie on Earth. The subtitle is Proof That Our World Is Not a Moving Globe. Well, is this a flat-earth theory? Oh, well, we're going to talk to Edward about that. A lot, a lot in this book. And let's see, it's uh, how many pages? Oh, it's I guess with footnotes, it's over 500 pages. And I have not read it fully, but I'll tell you, I read enough of it to know that it's extremely interesting. I especially like the parts uh, talking about the uh, Kabbalah, because I've been studying the Kabbalah, uh, the system of magic and the occult, found in the Judaism religion. And suddenly, here it is. He says the Kabbalah is at the ground basis of this horrible lie that we've all been fed. So without further ado, let me introduce Edward Henry. How are you, Edward?
0: I am well. Thank you for that kind introduction, Tex.
1: Now, this book, why did you write this book? How did you discover the greatest lie on earth, uh, Edward?
0: Well, interesting. I was researching, as I typically am doing. And I came across a video, a title of which was the Flat Earth Conspiracy. Now, at the time, I'm thinking to myself, Oh, so now the conspirators are trying to put, put you know, uh, put off the Earth as being flat, as a way of discrediting us, those who are revealing the nature of this conspiracy and that's what i'm thinking to myself i'm thinking hmm, this will be interesting i wonder what this is about so i clicked on it and i listened to it and i was immediately introduced to this concept of the earth being flat now i for a long time have been a helio i'm sorry a geocentrist that the, the idea that the earth was the center of our system okay that the I, I adhered very much to what Tycho Brahe, uh, his model of, a geocentri- of geocentrism was. And that's, uh, that's certainly the minority position, but it's not unpopular, okay? But this idea of flat earth, I quite frankly at the time thought was just plain kooky, okay? There, when I, as I watched this, uh, there was a explanation That was so clear to me and what happened was all of the Bible passages that I could never quite understand that really did not compute in my mind suddenly were given meaning suddenly I now understood what these Bible passages meant and it was it hit me like a flash that in fact The heliocentric model that I've been taught, that you've been taught, that the population has been taught through public education and even the Christian schools, is a massive deception. And that what they're doing in the heliocentric model is concealing God, His glory, His creation, and our uniqueness in His creation. Think about it. If the earth is flat and the planets, the stars, and the moons are in the firmament, just as the Bible says, then that makes us unique in all of creation. We are not a planet that is careening through space. That's one of many millions and millions of other planets that are revolving around millions and millions of other stars. And it's insignificant part of the universe That is made up of empty space we are in fact unique that god created us uniquely in his image just as the bible says and so i started researching this and everything i turned up from from what the bible says to what it says in true science demonstrated to me that in fact the earth was flat, that the earth is immovable, that we are God's unique creation made in his image, and that the system that we've been taught, this idea of a solar system where the earth is revolving around the sun, is a massive deception, Hmm. intergenerational, inspired by Satan himself.
1: Well, that would be a, a great lie now when you say the the earth is flat you don't necessarily mean that it's not a circle it, it, it's not is it square and flat I mean what what are you really saying here
0: well the it is uh, as the Bible says it is a circle it is a flat circle with the rim of that circle being Antarctica those who've traveled down to Antarctica uh, have found that there are massive ice walls, vertical ice walls, that surround Antarctica, that are the border of Antarctica, that are about 100 to 200 feet high. The early explorers explained that clearly. It is the case now. But through treaties, any uh, attempt to explore Antarctica is, by, by any private individual, is thwarted. Mm. You have to get a permit from various countries. The Uh, it's, it's pretty much locked down by, uh, by treaty. And in fact, if you tried to go to the South Pole, they'll tell you that what they have designated as the South Pole is not truly the South Pole. Why? Because there is no South Pole. Now, they will come up with an argument that, well, it changes because of the ice flow moves and we have, you know, and so therefore it's not technically the South Pole. Yes, not technically the South Pole because there is no South Pole. There's a South Rim, okay? If you can think of it as a plate the Earth being a plate, with the center of the plate being the North Pole, and the rim being south, everywhere you travel from north being south. So it would be like the spokes on a wheel. If you can imagine a bicycle wheel with the spokes going from the center, which would be the Arctic Circle, and then going out, and the tire around it being Antarctica, and with the continents now sprawled out on that wheel, that would explain how uh, the Earth is configured, if they can visualize
1: it in their mind. But what is geocentrism and what is the common theory, which is heliocentrism? Would you please explain those two, geocentrism versus heliocentrism?
0: Okay, well, the, the common view of heliocentrism is what people have been taught in school with the sun being, with us being as part of a solar system, mm-hmm. where the sun is the center of the system and then we are one of many planets that revolve around the sun, okay? Mm -hmm. We orbit the sun, and we are a sphere, as that theory goes, orbiting the sun. At the same time, we are spinning, as we're orbiting, we are spinning once every 24 hours. All right. Okay? So, now, stop and think about that. We are orbiting the sun, Mm -hmm. okay, and we are many millions of miles away from the sun, okay, orbiting. Now, as we orbit, the, you look up in the sky at night, and you can see the North Star, interestingly enough. Now, the North Star is always north, hence the name. Po, you know, Polaris is called the North Star. Now... We're supposed to be over 93 million miles away from the sun, going around the sun in a circuit of 93 million miles. The North Star is supposed to be, according to what they say, over 400 light years away from Earth. That is, if you're, if you're traveling at the speed of light, it would take you 400 years to, to get to the North Star. Hmm. So, 400 light years away... It's north of us. Now this is this is the what they say. I'm just telling you what the what the heliocentric view is. Now stop and think about it. How if we are traveling around the sun and we are ninety approximately ninety three million miles away from the sun, that means that once we get to the other side of the sun, as we travel, that north star is traveling with us. Think about it. How could the north star be traveling in perfect Uh, synchronization with the movement of the Earth around the Sun. That right away should cause people to question the heliocentric view. How could we be moving at this tremendous speed, okay, around the Sun, while the North Star at 400 light-years away is keeping in perfect synchronization with the Earth? And by the way, uh, we're supposed to be... Orbiting the sun at sixty-seven thousand miles per hour, while we are rotating at a thousand miles per hour. Hmm. That's the heliocentric view.
1: Now I, I suppose in- some some people would say, well, that's that's gravity that's keeping every everything in relationship to each other. The forces of gravity are pulling on each planet or each body. Although I, I would think that it would it would differ. Um, by by the the volume of the body. Uh, okay, well that's that's good. Let's you raised
0: a very interesting issue. Let's talk about gravity. Mm-hmm. Gravity was a theory that Isaac Newton came up with to explain why when we're spinning at a thousand miles per hour, people don't fly off into space from the centrifugal force. Because stop and think about it. If we're tra- if the Earth is approximately twenty five thousand miles in diameter and it, it rotates once every 24 hours, that means that the Earth necessarily, at the equator, is spinning at the rate of approximately 1,000 miles per hour. Okay? hmm Well, as you know, when you spin something at 1,000 miles per hour, there's tremendous centrifugal force pulling outward on anything that's attached to that body. And so the laws of physics will require something to keep that body attached to whatever's spinning, right? Right. Well, Isaac Newton said, that's gravity. Okay? Gravity is what keeps you attached to this spinning ball. Well, here's the problem with gravity. According to his theory of gravity, the force of gravity is the same. No matter where you are on an object... Under the theory of gravity, all objects are attracted to one another by their mass. Hmm. So one mass is attracted to another mass. Now that can never be replicated in an experiment. They've never proven that. It's a theory. He just made it up, okay? And I'll tell you the source of that theory in, in just a minute. But we can, his, he came up with this theory, which has never been proven, by the way. It's just a way of explaining why it is people don't fly off into space. He said, it's gravity. Okay, this mystical force that keeps people attached. Well, stop and think about it. If the gravity is the same, and it has to be under his theory, all the way around the Earth, it's of equal force, that means that the person at the equator, as he travels north, the centrifugal force becomes less. So, And the reason the centrifugal, centrifugal force becomes less is, as he travels north and the North Pole there would be the pivot, uh, the, um, the axis upon which the Earth is supposed to be spinning, the, the Earth's diameter actually gets less with regard to, in relation to the spin of the Earth. Oh. So as you travel north to the, the, uh, uh, the Tropic of Cancer, okay, the spin will be less than it would be at the Equator. As you go into the United States, it's probably approximately 700 miles per hour, let's say. If you travel uh, north even further, and let's say you get to within 100 feet, okay, of the Arctic Circle, okay, if you get within 100 feet of the Arctic Circle, you would be crushed by gravity. Why is that? because you would be traveling at about one-quarter mile per hour, according to the, the spinning Earth theory. There would be a 4,000-fold reduction in the speed at which you'd be traveling because the 1,000 miles per hour at the equator is reduced to about a quarter mile per hour within about a 100 feet of the Arctic Circle. So your weight, assuming you're a 175-pound man, your weight would be now 700,000 pounds crushing you to Earth if you uh, traveled to the North Pole. And, in fact, at every point as you move north, you would get heavier and heavier. Why? Because the, the, the laws of gravity are that the gravitational pull remains the same no matter where you are on Earth. So the, the, the gravitational pull that acts against the thousand mile per hour spin at the equator is the same gravitational pull that would act against you at 100 feet from the Arctic Circle, which means that that force would be 4,000 times the force that you would be feeling at the equator. But there would be, you would not have the same centrifugal force.
1: Hmm. I, I'm a little confused here. This, uh, <laughs> I'm going to let. Uh, there's a lot of people here that listen to this program that are very uh, intelligent. Uh, they're lawyers, they're doctors, they're, well, they're plumbers and carpenters, but they're very intelligent. I'm, I'm going to let them calculate that. It's, it's, it's pretty heavy, but I'm thinking of the same in, in relation to gravity. Uh, if it's, you know, if, if we, we feel the same, you know, if I go deep into a cave, I feel like the force of gravity is the same as if I'm out of the cave. I don't know why that would be though. I mean, there's, is there something called gravity within the cave? Is that what they, there is, if you're in an elevator, I've always wondered, if you go in an elevator and it suddenly crashes to the ground, maybe the, the cables break. If right before it hit the ground, if you jumped up in the air, would you be saved? But they say, no, you're still, you're still traveling. Even if you're in the air, you're still traveling at that. And I, 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 I go to the space people, the astronauts. The minute that they're in the air, that suddenly they say they're, they they do not have gravity and they can float. That's sort of odd. Why can they float when they get up in the air, but we can't float here on Earth? So all these things are very strange, aren't they?
0: Yeah, well, let me explain something. There is no such thing as gravity, first of all. The reason things fall to the ground is density. Mm. So, for instance, Newton's famous apple that fell off the tree and hit him in the head, and he decided, oh, gravity. (laughs) Well, no, that apple fell because it is denser than air. Things fall to the ground because they are denser than the surrounding air. Helium floats. You can have a helium balloon. Helio, a helium balloon is not some mystical anti gravity device. It's very simple. It's lighter than air. Oh. Okay? That's why it floats. And so this idea that gravity is some mystical force. That, that must be explained, though. No, if the Earth is not spinning, you have no need for gravity. The need for gravity was a need that Isaac Newton was addressing because of the assume assumed theory that the Earth was spinning. If you stop the Earth from spinning and the Earth is flat, you have no need for gravity. Mm, that's, that's and you have no good. need for gravity, Gravity, because gravity does not exist. You don't need gravity on a flat Earth. Gravity is something you need in a spinning ball, and gravity is a mystical force which doesn't actually exist. It's, it, it, it is a deception designed to explain to people why it is they can walk upside down on a ball.
1: Hmm. Okay. Well, this is, <laughs> I tell you, this is a very, uh, weighty subject. And, you know, I want to, I want to get into the fact that if this is a hoax, if, 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 if people actually know it is, uh, and, you know, whatever it is, is—nine eleven, uh, JFK assassination, whatever is the hoax, there, there are insiders who know about it. Why do they want to pull this off? What, what is their purpose behind it? And I know your book has a lot about the Kabbalah. And, and how everything fits together. In fact, you know, you sort of put, uh, oh, let's just call it Satanism at the very beginning of it, uh, or at the foundation, but you add that with Darwinism and then you tacked on, uh, uh Marxism and, and, and so you, it all sort of fits together. I mean, you know, it, it, if, if there's a chink in one thing, then these, these, uh, conspiratorialists know the whole system will fall. That's where you really come at in your book, The Greatest Lie. You're saying it's all based on a lie, and that lie begins here, and it keeps expanding outward, right? That's right. Okay. This
0: idea of a spinning ball, the earth being a spinning ball, is the foundation, the cornerstone for the New World Order. Once people realize the degree of the deception that they have been under... And they understand that God, in fact, created the heavens and the earth. That God is in heaven. That there isn't an empty space up there. Because, see, they have to remove God from heaven in order to remove God from people's minds. That's the point. They The point is they have to remove God from people's consciousness, from their thoughts, in order to get them to believe their other myths, their other conspiracies. Darwinism would have no chance without heliocentrism. Mm. Heliocentrism is the very foundation of Darwinism. Marxism, communism would have no chance without Darwinism. They all build upon one another, and it all comes tumbling down if you remove the cornerstone of the whole thing, and that's heliocentrism. Wow. The idea that we are simply a planet revolving in an endless space around a sun, which is one of many millions of suns, that the the uh, we came into an existence not out of God's creation, out of Him speaking us into existence, but rather out of a Big Bang. This silliness. Is is a fairy tale that they have gotten people to believe, hmm. and he, uh, there's no way that they would ever be able to sell evolution without heliocentrism.
1: Well, that's true, and evolution is just totally hokey. I mean, it's you know it's just nonsense. Well, I tell you what, we're going to have to go for a little break here. Uh, this is uh, quite interesting, folks. Stay with us because we've got Edward Henry here, and when we come back. Uh, Ed, I'm going to ask you, what is the basis of this? What, uh, how does Darwin and Marx fit in? But mo- most of all, I'm going to ask you about the moon landing hoax. You know, they say we landed on the moon in, it was what, 69, but we haven't gone back. Uh, and, and you, you show in your book that these moon rocks are all fakes and that's, that's incredible in itself. But, uh, the moon landing, why is that a hoax? And it, it is a hoax. But why? Why do they have to do that? Why do they have to lie about it? Why even now are they still lying about it? You would think 69 and 47 years ago. It would be easy to go to the moon now, but they seem to have difficulty. And then I want to get to the Kabbalah. So all of that in the next 30 minutes. Is that okay? Yes. All right. We got a big uh, agenda here, Ed. I'm Tex Mars. You're listening to my guest, Edward Henry. We're talking about the greatest lie on Earth. Do you believe the earth is flat? Well, there's a lot in this book. It's quite interesting.
0: Getting back to to the, the, uh, uh, the issue of my book and the issue it addresses, I understand how difficult this is going to be for many people. I'm sure they're rolling their eyes thinking, this is just nutty, okay? I would have had the same impression had I not looked at the evidence and looked at the Bible passages and studied this thoroughly. I'm telling you, every scientific study that's ever been done, every scientific study shows the Earth is absolutely stationary and does not move, and that's something that they do not tell you in school. They conceal that. From Aries' failure to the Michelson-Morley experiment, it shows the Earth is completely stationary. And right now, what what we are going through is a ridicule stage for the truth. The... Uh, The truth goes through a a, a number of stages. The first stage is ridicule, and that's the stage uh, that we're going through right now. And and, uh, I think there was a German philosopher, Schopenhauer, who said that first, the truth is ridiculed, uh, second, it's violently opposed, and third, it's accepted as being self-evident. Well, right now it's the ridicule stage, and Satan has set it up where people have in their mind that only savages and Ignorant people think that the earth is flat, and, but the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity with God. Love not the world, nor the things in the world. Okay? And one of the things in the world that, we, uh, that is really a, a problem for Christians is the pride of life. And as soon as they attack you and say that you're out of your mind, you're crazy, it right away plays into the pride of life. Nobody wants to be marginalized as being crazy, and so they want to go along with the program. Virtually every school, Christian or otherwise, teaches the heliocentric model. Mm, There is no geocentrism that's taught in Christian schools. And interesting, in Orwell's book, 1984, there was a uh, conversation between uh, uh, O'Brien, who was a uh, uh, inner party, high member of the inner party, and he's talking Winston Smith, who's the protagonist in
1: 1984. Yeah, he's an interrogator, really, sort of tormenting Yeah,
0: and he says that, and, and O'Brien tells Winston, he says, we control matter because we control the mind. Ah. And Winston, Winston contradicted him. he says, you don't control matter. How can you control matter? And he said... We control a person's thought. and In that sense, we control matter. So the Earth doesn't actually spin at 1,000 miles per hour, but we've been taught to believe that. And so in that sense, the New World Order, the conspirators, control matter because they can make us think that the Earth is spinning at 1,000 miles per hour when all of our senses tell us that it's motionless, that we are not moving, okay? They can contradict our very senses and make us think things that are not true because they get us early. From the moment you walk into a school, the first the first object you see practically is a spherical globe, mm. and you are conditioned to believe that that is the case.
1: You know I, I, that that is true about the globe. And I remember the first time I saw a, a map, they they laid out the Earth and they flattened it, you know, so you could mm-hmm. see all the continents on one you know on one page. It wasn't, it wasn't, suddenly it wasn't a, a globe. It was flattened and, and I, I couldn't make out the the continents. I couldn't make out the, you know, uh, readily I couldn't, or the, the, and it just seemed like it should be in a globe. So that's how they get your mind. You know, you, you, you don't even think of it as that way uh, as flat as flattened, but you just think of it as a round globe. And that's true. There's so much like that, like my book, DNA science and the Jewish bloodline. It's just absolutely true that there are few true Israelites they go all the way back, you know, uh, to the time of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but the Jews keep telling us we are the true Israelites. We descend all the way back and they, we, we you've got to give us Israel while we deserve it and all that, but really they're Khazars. They, you know, but it, it's still tough to, tough to take. And actually the racists love it. You know, they love to keep the Jews, the, the Jewish blood intact and consistent. Because they think something in the blood makes them evil, uh, but you and I know it's the human heart <laughs> that, that's evil. But uh, anyway, you, you're so right about you know how how we're we're just programmed uh, like an, uh, uh, that terrible song Hotel California. We're programmed to receive. People just you know just believe it. But and you're also right, Edward, in that they're frightened to be different. That that's why. You know, people are so fine. My ministry is so tough. Although many people are now coming around. They're going, wow, you know, all these things are true. Do you think that your book, which probably 20 years ago, you would not, you, you publish it yourself through great mountain publishing 20 years ago, probably would not have been able to be published just because of the economics and all that and the internet. And I know you've got a website. I want to, I want to know what your website is. I want people to go on that, but. Do you think now we're beginning to break, to chink away at the lies, and maybe this is the greatest lie, but it's just another one of the many lies, do you think we're we're beginning to break away, and maybe people are beginning to uh, awaken, maybe your book is part of this process, uh, Edward?
0: Oh, I think so. I think think that there, there was a famous episode when Andrew Jackson was defending New Orleans, and the... There was a, a, a fog, as I recall the episode. And one of the soldiers, one of his officers said, well, what, what are we going to do? We can't see them. He said, there'll come a moment when you will see them and you'll know what to do. Hmm. The fog will clear. There's been a fog. This fog is clearing. And as we, you know, things are falling apart economically, spiritually. Can you imagine the I just can't imagine the Supreme Court ruling that people have, uh, that sodomites have a right to marry. I mean, it's just
1: absurd. Oh, well, it's in it's in the, it's right. Imagine something like that. It's right in it's, it's the, uh, it's been in the Constitution all these years. You haven't seen it, uh, you're a constitutional lawyer, don't you know that, Ed?
0: Well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be taught in schools now. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be taught in schools now, and Christians are going to understand uh, very soon that this idea of special privileges being given by the government to certain people that are going to conflict with God-given constitutional rights, the government privileges will win. Mm. Always have throughout history, and they always will. And so Christians will be persecuted when they take a stand against sodomite marriages. It's already started, okay? But it will happen in you know in in earnest I think not not very long from now
1: and people will think it's natural there's no one why do why why they ever oppose this well it's, so just, it's just natural. first
0: step it's just the first yeah. towards degeneration it is because what what is next what's the next sin because that's what we're talking about that they're going to protect see the people I have lost sight of the fact that government is one thing and one thing only. It is force. Hmm. And so when the government gives a special privilege to a group of people, it is putting its force into play on that side, see? Oh, yes. So the sodomites now have the force of government on their side to compel people to do
1: things that they don't want to do. Well, they're taking that force, too, aren't they? They're they're cracking down on all of us that uh, know better. Well, let's talk about the moon landing because this is sort of a, a central part of your book. It's it's not the end all, but it, it is an important part. The moon landing, you agree with me that there was a hoax involved. And there's been so many books out. And we've offered a, a couple of them uh, by Renee and others that that show the photographs that, that just don't make any sense. And even the astronauts seem to be embarrassed. But tell us about the moon landing, the hoax, uh, and how this goes along with this uh, geocentric view.
0: Well, NASA, its whole purpose is to conceal from people the nature of our world and to convince people that, in fact, the world is round. Because I know what people are thinking as they're listening to this interview. I've seen the world. I've seen the Earth. I've seen pictures of it. NASA has shown has shown me that. Well, those photographs are hoaxes. In fact, NASA will admit That the photographs are actually constructed; they're not. Most of them are computer generated. They will say that they're layers that they put layers of uh, upon layer of information that they get from satellites and they paste them together in order to. And and, and they have to do that. Why? Because there's no way they can conceal the fact that they are manufactured.
1: Wow, this is like Obama's birth certificate. All those layers of photoshopping on top of it. Right. Uh there are a couple of them that
0: early on they depicted as actual photographs of the earth from space okay and one of those photographs can be shown through photoshop that it's been cropped Hmm. it's a cropped photograph it's not it's it's um it's some sort of image of the earth that's been cropped to make the earth appear to be a round ball but the There's all kinds of evidence like that. For instance, if you compare one image of the Earth taken by NASA with another image from the same attitude of the Earth, you'll notice that the continents are not the same size from one year to the next. They change. They shrink and they grow. They cannot keep their uh, graphic artists straight as to how big the continents are. The continents are, are significantly different in size from one photograph to the other uh... it's really interesting to watch they have they have duplicate clouds okay they, it you can see clearly in some of these images where they've cut and pasted using computer certain cloud formations that are next to one another they're not actually there
1: they're just pasted on mm. now there's another thing too you show in your book you, you prove it that nasa seems to have lost all of these films they seem to I mean the 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 moon uh, walk and all that they, they, the originals are all missing. How how, yeah. how can something that historically important and and worth probably a hundred million dollars or more to some famous collector somewhere, how could they be suddenly? Oh, we've just misplaced it. We well, don't have it anymore.
0: Their excuse with regard to the Apollo eleven videotapes in particular was that they were running short on videotapes and so they needed tape, so they taped over them. <laughs> I, because they, they actually made this excuse I just, the, the number of lies that they come up with is just incredible and they've been <laughs> caught red-handed fabricating images of the Earth from supposedly the space capsule. Bart Sabrell in his uh, film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon he got a videotape that he was probably not supposed to have somehow NASA sent it to him in one of his requests And it shows an outtake that they weren't that was not supposed to be for public viewing. That shows them faking a picture of the moon using some kind of transparency against the window. It's absolutely fascinating. And most recently, they had an an incident where a uh, an astronaut almost drowned in his spacesuit. Now, how does an astronaut drown in the empty vacuum of space? Now, they'll try to tell you that well, it was a malfunction in the heating system, etc., etc. Uh, and now, by the way, they have uh, retrofitted the spacesuits with snorkels <laughs> in order to avoid drowning. And the reason he drowned is because all of these things are done in a large pool to make it appear as though it's space, the motions and so forth, the weightlessness. And they're filmed in pool, and you can actually see bubbles from time to time in some of these NASA films and actually some of the uh, films from the Chinese spacewalks that they do. And you can you can go on YouTube and you can see... The, 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 the bubbles that come up. so And they, they, they've been caught time and time again.
1: Now, you show also that, I, I think it was Gus Grissom, was was horribly burned to death, and those, those astronauts. And by the way, I want people to get my, my video, The Eagle Has Landed, in which I also, it's sort of like Bart Sabrell's. It talks about uh, all these things and the the scandals and the deaths and and so forth. Now the astronauts themselves, all except for that one astronaut that loves to get publicity. What's his name? Uh, Buzz. Uh, Buzz Aldrin. Uh, yeah, Buzz Aldrin. That guy's a 33rd degree Mason, and you know everything is sort of Masonic, and he's sort of a nut. But except for him, the other astronauts, they don't like to get publicity. They don't want to come out. It's like they're sort of embarrassed that they were told a to lie about this, and, and they they don't like to to meet the cameras nowadays, do they?
0: No, that's that's true. In fact. You really want to understand the deception of the moon landings? Watch the Apollo Eleven new, news conference. It's, they posted it on YouTube. Just type in Apollo Eleven uh, post mission news conference and watch the demeanor of the astronauts.
1: Oh, I saw that picture it's, you have in your bed. oh, it, it's oh man,
0: taking when you see it. it was... They 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 look like they're criminals on the dock that they've just been. Charged with murder, they really looked oppressed.
1: Like these guys, they should be celebrating, should be high fiving and wonderful and jubilant, and I mean the whole world celebrating them, and they look morose and depressed. Yes. And you, you got yeah. all this in your book, and it's just a boy. That was a stunner.
0: Yeah. Now you mentioned Gus Grissom. They they murdered him. He knew that the Apollo moon missions would never succeed with the equipment that they had, and he, in fact, hung a lemon on the Apollo uh, capsule. And I'm not sure if they called it the Apollo at that time, but one of the capsules that, in order to graphically display for the media what he thought of it, on the day that, that he died, they actually pumped pure oxygen into a capsule during testing. And he, uh, before he actually went into that capsule, the um, he asked Joe Shea, NASA's chief administrator, to go in the capsule with the other astronauts during the testing because he, hmm. he smelled a rat. He smelled a rat. He did not understand what was going on and he did not, he was concerned. He'd already His life had already been threatened. Uh, in fact, they actually had him under guard because he had received many threats and his impression was the threats were coming from within NASA. What they did was they, they pressurized that capsule with uh, between 16.7 and 20.2 PSI of pure oxygen. Now, most people who are not engineers don't understand the danger of pure oxygen. Pure oxygen is very volatile. And when you put it under pressure, it will actually cause things that are uh, combustible to oxidize spontaneously and burst into flames. It it is so dangerous. Engineers who know about oxygen under pressure, uh, when when they understood what they had put these astronauts through that day, considered what they were in as an oxygen bomb. Mm. Interesting, on that day, they um, they changed the way the capsule door opened so that it opened from the outside in and it was bolted shut. It took about eight minutes to open the, the, the capsule. And Grissom's son later uh, was given access to the capsule, and he knew what he was looking for because he had already uh, conferred with people who knew what to look for, and he actually found a fabricated metal plate uh, hidden behind the switch panel that would cause a spark. Now, when you have a pure oxygen environment under pressure, that's all it takes for that thing to explode, and that's what happened. As soon as they went through their whatever checks they were doing in that capsule, a switch was thrown at a certain time, and that thing just burst into flames. Those astronauts did not have a chance.
1: They, they couldn't get out. They changed the door. No. That, that, was, that was a horrible uh, situation. Yeah. Well, listen, we've only got about a it, it, minute. I wish we had more time. What's
0: revealing is that night, he, it was 6.30 p.m. at night on Friday, mm-hmm. that night the FBI went to, to Grissom's home and searched his house and took all of his NASA files. Right. So his body wasn't even cold, and they were already busting down, I shouldn't say busting down the door because I don't know how they made the entry, but they were already in the house, rifling through his stuff and seizing all of his documents that night.
1: That was all pre
0: It was planned, yeah. and they were already ready to go to get the documents.
1: Ama- he That's had
0: amazing. Take, taken copious notes uh, of his findings that the the Apollo uh, moon missions just were not going to go. Right. And it was not possible with the, with the equipment they had.
1: Well, I tell you, Edward, we run out of time. I wish we had more time. This is just getting interesting now. It's getting a little heated and hot. But I, I especially wanted to go through the Kabbalah, uh, and 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 I wanted to show people. You know, I wanted. To, well, I'm going to just point to your book here. How you show it's the undercurrent. It's the foundation of all the occultism and Satanism in the entire world. And it permeates these scientific theories and NASA and so forth. Uh, everything, the Kabbalah, the Jewish Kabbalah, it's its so important. Let's do another program on it and talk about that, could we? Okay, absolutely. All right. Well, my guest today has been Edward Henry. His book, The Greatest Lie on Earth, it's a fascinating book. Whether you believe it or not, we'll read it and give it a try. You know, see what, see what you think. And I want to hear from you because I know a lot of you are going to really find this interesting. Until next time, tune in each week and discover the power of prophecy.